Track number one is from Joke485. It says the Oza printer is the shit. It is. I haven't had to flick my spirit paper when using that printer. 10 out of 10. Um, you are right. It is the shit. Is that interesting, right? Because I a couple of when I did the, the stencil uh paper roundup. A few people did comment yeah. saying they did they'd not experienced the problem. We were like, well, you've been lucky then, because everybody else would appear to be having it. And I wonder if some of the other stencil printers out there are just hitting the paper too hard. And the OZA, because it's only designed for making stencils, that it's actually just running a bit colder and a bit softer. And that's why maybe it behaves not I haven't checked it with spirit, so I will check it and I'll get back to you. But it's um, it that would be interesting mm. to check the OZA with because I've got spirit paper that I know won't work with other stencil printers. So I'll check it and I'll let you know and see if uh, that problem still exists because maybe it's more to do with how hot the stencil printers have got rather than failings in the paper. It might be that that's not a problem. Until I got the OZA, I was still using the brother PJ663, mm -hmm. the one that you know you put me on to like 10 years ago. Um, I weren't having any issues with that until recently. Yeah. So it's like I had, so I, I definitely think there is something wrong with the paper. Yeah. Because like I had no issues with spirit paper up until the last 12 months. Yeah. So or maybe there's a, you know, maybe there's a particularly dodgy batch knocking about. I'd love it if spirit would get back to us. If you are involved with spirit or a representative of spirit, please uh, reach out to the channel. Uh, that tattoo show at gmail.com. We'd love to have we'd love to have you on the show and have a chat to you about it because I I don't want to be rubbish in a brand if it's not your fault. You know, I'd like you know, I'd like to uh to find out a little bit more. We're not in the habit of doing that. If it's not your fault, then I'd like to clear it up. Second uh, comment is from Mike SWTC. New to the channel, but love it. It's become a regular must-watch. Yeah. Could an episode based on tattoo photography be on the cards and possibly a review on the sniper photography set that Barber DTS are selling? Thanks for making the show, guys. I picked this comment because I happen to know that one of us is incredibly keen on doing some photography episodes. Yeah, and I've also answered to this. I've answered this comment already. So, yes, we will do a photography episode. I'm currently in the process of chatting to one of my clients who owns a camera shop in Cardiff. So, they own Camera Centre UK, professional camera shop. I'm also in the process of speaking to some of the reps from Sony to see if they can come on and do some videos with me, talk about what cameras are best for us as, as uh, tattooists, as content creators, uh, what would be the best budget to the top of the range ones. Um, as for the sniper photography set, I would not review that purely based on the fact that when I was down at the camera show, I approached a load of different companies that were ranged from, you know, some of the proper professional lighting companies, filter companies and camera companies. I showed them that kit and asked them what they thought of it. And every single one of them, and I think, you know, it, it can't be a coincidence if every single one of them basically looked at it and gone, that's about fucking 50 quid's worth of stuff. You can buy that off AliExpress. You can get yourself a... Uh... <laughs> That's a Joby Gorilla Pods, about 20 quid. Uh, that light's about 20 quid. Uh, that's an aperture. Uh, and that's a, that's a CPL filter. I've just got that stuff, uh, you know, as a filmmaker, just knocking about, you know, in a, a drawer of stuff that I never use. So yeah. when we looked at the Sniper, um, yes, it would 
it would it would appear to be a good thing, but uh, I think for what it is, we both agree that it's pretty overpriced. I've been speaking to a filter company because they have been explaining to me the differences between the filters that you can use. Some of the cheaper filters aren't the best and don't give accurate colours and they're just pretty shit. Uh, that's why some people's tattoos look oversaturated, the blacks look unrealistic and so on. Um, because it, they, they don't let all, or they don't block all the right waves of colour. Or Like, I can't really remember the, the full fucking... The cheaper CPLs, for instance, like I've got a couple of CPLs that I don't use because they, they leave a, like a green cast on your photos or a blue cast on your photos. So you have to, you know, you have to spend a little bit more money uh, to get a good CPL that, that actually does do, do its job properly. I'd also argue that you you can, without all of that stuff, you can actually do a much much better job with just a, a you know like a decent camera or uh, something like your iPhone, something like your iPhone, but with a app like the Blackmagic app that's just come out or the Moments app that allows you to access the features of your camera properly, uh, and then just use a ring light. Uh, and See, you know, you, know, this you, is can, the thing you can actually do all of that in camera. So what we should do is we should, when we do all of this, we should do an we should do an episode of exactly how you set that up because I think that's a big thing for for most tattooists of like, how do I get, you know, my eyes are killing me, my hands are killing me, my back's killing me, the client just wants to leave, they're starving and miserable. How do I get a good photo reasonably quickly? You know, yeah. and, and because you could, you can do it like pretty quick. You know, you can get the client yeah. in and out you know, into photography position and out of it in 15, 20 minutes if you set it up right, you know. So so one of the things, um, one of the things I've learned, you know, speaking to these people uh, and kind of like finding out the best ways to take pictures of tattoos is one thing that we are getting wrong as an industry is using the fucking brightest light in the world and putting it in a fucking dark room. It's like you're using a harsh light, which is going to create glare. What you need is a soft light. You need a soft light. So if, if, if you have an area in your shop that is lit really well, has a nice soft light, and it's, you know, that will be better than using a fucking spotlight and a fucking pair of sunglasses on your, ta- on your camera, like doing. For instance, the... The shot here that you're looking at, right, there is a light above me lighting my face, right, which is like that wide above me, right, and like this deep. Um, it's a big light. If I took the cover off of it, it would be like just glary and horrible. You'd have all kinds of terrible shadows, terrible shadows all across my face. But the light is, you know, softened and diffused, so that's why it looks, you know, reasonably professional, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so I think all of this we could cover in a video. I think that'd be, uh, I think that'd be really good. Now, the next one, Dread Brain Tattoo. Uh, thanks so much, Chris, for this video. This is why I'm a ride or die fan. Quality content and useful tips. I love it. There you go. You've got a fan. Thank you. What video was that from? <laughs> I don't know. I just grabbed the comment. I did someone, oh. it's one, one, I think it's the Muzo Toku review. Oh, cheers. And guess what it's on. Comment number four. Okay, it is from uh, Nicholas Drain, 9898. A chat about hands and tattooing thicker skin would be a good one. Just when I see your hand, Paul, it looks awesome. And you really see them done so well. He likes your hands. I've got a really good answer to that. Just go to an awesome tattooist and you'll get awesome hand tattoos. 
Simple as that. Uh, depends which hand you're talking about. That's uh, that's Jack Connolly did this section. Uh, my daughter did this. This is an ambigram. Says both my kids' names. Says one kid's name that way. Says one kid's name that way. Uh, this was uh, the back of this hand was Elliot Wells, my pal Elliot Wells. Uh, and then a couple of little, you know, that hand's going to have all my kind of like little tattoos there, you know, because that was always not like, tagged for that. But um, yeah, they might not be there much longer. They might all be blacked out. Yeah. So um, something I'm considering. Don't black out your fucking good hands. I'm thinking of blacking. I'm thinking of blacking them all out. The lot, I, you know. I'm thinking of blacking them all out. They're really good. Um, you know, I know they're really good, but like, I, you know, fancy a second coat of paint, don't I? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, in the next comment, Susie Tabar. 1068 welcome back to the name butcherers uh, there is no reason to pay over a hundred dollars for a battery pack the chinese manufacturers already got it down i sold my criticals they were shit I... um, and got me three chinese ones that work great with all my machines now i as you know use uh chinese made uh battery grips uh, I don't agree that the criticals are shit because uh, two of the guys in my shop used them and absolutely loved them. I do think the taller batteries last a bit longer yeah. than the shortest from what I've noticed, but you would expect that yeah. because the battery's got to be shorter to go in a shorter battery. Um, and whereas I completely agree that the uh, the Chinese batteries are um, m maybe not the equal because some of the software leaves a little bit to be this desired. This is what I was going to say. some of the... Yeah, some of the like the 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 criticals have things like the the um, the display will flip over, won't it, and things like that for left-handed tattooers, right-handed tattooers. Neither neither of mine, my, my none of my Chinese ones do that. Uh, the power's okay from them, and the battery life is okay, so I've got no complaints there. But they're not. I don't think they're as well made as the criticals that I've seen and the Musatokus. You know, if critical. And if you're watching, please do this. If Critical made a battery grip, I would buy it tomorrow. Simple as that. So one thing I want to touch on with that is not all Chinese batteries are fucking equal. Yes, you do have some Chinese-made batteries that are really good. And you might find that those are the ones that are made by Dragonhawk because they make stuff for the tattoo industry. A standard. There's a lot of brands in America that are quite rep reputable brands that are get their stuff made by Dragonhawk. Now, what I've noticed is batteries that may be really cheap on Amazon, they're not really targeted towards the professional tattooist. They're targeted towards the hobbyist and they're not as good as the ones that may be targeted towards a professional tattooist. And after kind of like watching a lot of videos where machine builders have been talking about batteries, you know, if you if you want to save money buying some cheap batteries, the potential for it costing you money in the long run is still there because they don't have, like what Paul said, they don't have the same software. So there's like certain things, like they don't have the same power output regulation, which means that the, the, the motor is not being provided with clean, consistent power output. That can cause long-term damage to the motor, which will shorten the lifespan of your motor, which means, yes, you've saved like a couple of hundred dollars on a battery pack, but you might have to buy a new machine or replace your motor a lot quicker than if you bought a a fucking tidy battery pack whether it's a tidy one from china or a tidy one that's designed and manufactured in europe or manufactured in america 
One thing I would add to that, and it kind of leads us into the next comment that Chris is going to read, is that in my lifetime, so, I, you know, this is anecdotal evidence. When I started working in a guitar shop at 16, which was about 400 years ago now, um, the, the cheapest, crappiest guitar that you absolutely didn't want to own that was a joke and a laughing stock was Japanese-made. Um, and like they were just a joke to everybody. They were you, very disparaging language was used around them in in the same way that a lot of people talk about Chinese brands. And sometimes we we talk about it because sometimes the products are garbage, you know. Um, but in my lifetime, and sitting behind me on the wall there is uh, a Japanese-made guitar, which costs more than its American-made counterpart, is more sought after than its American-made counterpart, and is a far superior instrument. Yeah. So what happened in Japan, were, just like China, they copied and copied and copied, and after a while, they figured out the manufacture, and then they started innovating. So what I think it will be interesting to watch, because I'm sure it won't take that long for the, the Chinese manufacturers to start doing this, is once they've finished with the learning how to do it copying phase, it might be interesting to see Chinese companies or American, English and Australian companies going to China, working with the manufacturers there, and we might end up with some amazing uh, Chinese-made products. Talking of amazing Chinese-made products, here's the next comment from Chris. Yeah, so the next comment is from uh, Tyrell Stell, and that is, I did buy the Oza after you first mentioned it. It's great. Um, it is Chinese made. It is. You know, so like, but what you're saying there, though, it's like if you if you look if you look at the tattoo industry, like like I, I always mention Dragon Oak, one of the main manufacturers. If you look at companies like Peak, a lot of their new machines, they all they are is just fucking Dragon Oak machines with Peak on it. So they're probably doing already. It's like they, they they're going out there. Like these American companies are going out there, build us a machine to this spec, and they're going, oh, cool, all right, no problem, we'll do it. And then they'll just fucking, they, they've already got the specs, so they'll just make them. But uh, Yeah, but I think it's, you know, if it follows the same format as the, the Chinese did with the guitar market, they go from being a laughing stock to being very, very sought-after in instruments. And look at, you know, Chinese technology, China, uh, you know, Japanese technology, Japanese cars. You know, I drive were, a Japanese were car. A bit of a bit of a joke to start with, but they're, they're no joke now. You know what I mean? And I know that Chinese motorbikes were seen as a bit of a joke when they first started coming out, and now they're making some, you know, some pretty de decent yeah. motorbikes. You know, front bike. My mates who are still riding motorbikes tell me. So, you know, I think it is something that's worth keeping your eye on. I certainly don't think that necessarily every Chinese made product that you get is. Uh, is garbage you know but you, you do have to be careful if you're on you know anybody who's ever bought a pair of trousers from alibaba and have them turn up and they like bear no resemblance to the photograph knows you know it's a bit of a minefield buying that sort of stuff but see they're starting to do that with the guitars now you know the, the chibsons which are chinese gibson guitars which have been an absolute laughing stock for about the last 10 years they're starting to make stuff now that is rivaling the stuff that it's copied yeah. from. The only problem they've got, I think, is I think where it really sticks in people's throat a little bit is because the Chinese, I guess the Chinese government don't have a copyright law, so they just they just steal everything. Yeah. And I think that's what bothers people more than anything. It would be much nicer if they um, played the game a little bit, but they're not interested in playing the game, are they? It's but not it's their like, game. They don't want to play the game called capitalism. They're playing the game called communism. I'm sure, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it, it happened to Bez. Like, Bez... 
when he brought out his tattoo pen, you know, it was made by Dragon Oak. You know, he, he designed it, went out there, spoke to them, manufactured it. And, you know, they manufactured his one and then released a copy straight away. I think actually when I spoke to him, I'm sure he said to me that they released the copy first. So it was like, it, the, the thing was actually available in China before Bez had released this over here. Yeah. You know, it's but one it was of those actually, things. I, I think in instances like that, as a brand, you've just got to be like, all right, fucking, okay, I tell you what, just only sell it in Asia and, you know, we, we'll call it quits. Because you can't, you, you can't fight them. You can't stop them. Uh, but like on the topic of like the Chinese manufactured stuff, like I know, I know I'm very kind of thingy on it sometimes. And that's only because like we, there's a massive difference between like the good quality and the low quality stuff that's manufactured out there. So you do have stuff where people buy things like OEM products off AliExpress get it repackaged and, and come out saying it's the fucking best thing since sliced bread. But what bothers me the most is is not that. It's the um it's the videos and the advertising that they put with the with the products that show people using tattoo machines with no gloves on and no clip cord sleeves and no barrier and like really, really bad oh. um, you know, like practice for for tattooing and i think that's more damaging to the industry than the actual products themselves you know because they're kind of giving everybody the impression that you just get a machine use it completely unbarried with bare hands pick everything up and move it around and i think yeah. it's, you know I, I was watching one the other day where somebody was applying a tattoo to a bit of fake skin upside down you know using a tattoo pen and i'm like come on guys like if you're going to get into this industry at least get some knowledge in the industry i think there's a pretty healthy chinese tattoo yeah. scene surely there's some people out there that could be consultants and help me out anyway moving on roy Sumbalaka. roy comments hello roy he comments on a regular basis all right roy. hello roy uh, he says hi guys i missed the big london tattoo show but no i've watched it and also some other youtube vids about the big london tattoo show in and it's looking great but will it ever be like the old London tattoo con with all the giants of the industry? What do you think? Well, first of all, our London coverage uh, will either already be out or it will be out tomorrow because you'll be watching this on Sunday morning. If you're watching this on Monday, there's another video out, which is all of our coverage from London. It's about 25 minutes long, covers the whole show, everything we thought about it. Uh, and even though I do say so myself, it's pretty good. Um do yeah, I think good. it'll ever be like the old London Tattoo Convention? Uh, no, quite honestly. Uh, that was uh, an anomaly. Uh, it was an amazing show. On paper, it should never have worked, but it, every every year it worked brilliantly. I don't... I'd love to believe that we'll see another show like that, but I, I think it'll be a while before, you know, that kind of show exists again. Um you know, because th th that was all about the vibe of that show. You know what I mean? As for all the giants of the industry, uh, which is what, you know, was a big part of what made this, you know, the the show, what we're talking about is the London Tattoo Show that was, uh, the London Tattoo Convention that was at Tobacco Dock. Um, so, um, now, and I, and I think the big London Tattoo Show guys are quite clearly trying to do a completely different thing to that. You know, they're not trying to become that. Yeah. You know, they're, they're going a completely different route, doing a, a completely different style of show with a completely different vibe. But I think once it's been going for a few years and established itself, I think there's every chance that you will see, like, really big names. I mean, this year alone, we, we started to see a lot of, uh, Chinese and Japanese and Thai uh, tattooists coming over for the show. There was more American artists there for the show. So I think the yeah. show 
is starting to prove itself. And, you know, you've got to remember that the, the other show would, had, had been running for over 15 years, I think, by the time it, it ended, you know. Yeah. So, and it was a well-loved show by a lot of people for a lot of reasons, and it deserved its place, uh, you know, in history now as, you know, quite possibly the greatest tattoo show that ever was. Uh, certainly, you know, if you want my opinion, it, it was the best ever. It's the GOAT. Um, but I don't think that they're trying to... I don't think they're trying to be that, you know. I think they're they're doing their own thing. They're going their own way. But I think there's every chance you'll see the big names in the industry starting to attend. Joe Cap was there th this year, you know, and I, yeah. I think, you know, the idea is he goes back, speaks to his friends, says, "No, it's great, man. I really enjoyed it." And then a couple more people come, a couple more people come, and that's kind of what happened with the other conventions, you know. Yeah, I think the only thing that is going to stop certain artists from going there, and this is just from speaking to people, is um, is tattoo politics. Because, like, it, unfortunately, you know, in our industry, there is still, you know, that s fucking stupid fucking politics where certain convention organisers are going, well, if you work that show, you can't come to mine. And it's like, well, if you're going to be hot about it, I'm not going to go to yours anyway. Yeah, I mean, so I, I tend to I turn that, those shows down the moment that stipulation is put on me. I go, well, I'm not coming now anyway, you know, because I'm, I'm, you know, I don't work for you. I'm, I own a business and, and that's the way it is. I'm not your employee. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Sushink Tattoo uh, 1366. I saw Paul's machine in a picture and it reminded me of an old-fashioned camera. I don't know what fucking cameras <laughs> you've got, mate. Uh, with all the manual settings in black and white. Took me a bit to find out. Um, it's an ambition battery grip, lol. Did I get that right? But what's the machine? Right, so... Sushing tattoo. Let me let let me answer that for you. I'm not. Uh, I guess the settings in black and white. He's probably talking about the screen on the um, on the battery. Is he, grip. Want, is he about one of these old fucking cameras? Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's not quite. It's not quite like that. It's not like an old DSLR. Imagine having that many dials on your machine. It it'd look like Inkjector made it. <laughs> 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 Shots fired. Um, so I love you, Injector. I love your machines. I just don't love that X1, man. You know, I, I love the flight and everything. I'm not being a, I'm not being a dick about stuff. Um, no, it's not an ambition battery grip, but it might be because they, you know, they're white label grips from they're all they're all made by Dave in China, so it could be. Uh, so the machine itself uh, is a Rotary Works hybrid cart machine. That's the machine itself. They're about two hundred and fifty quid from Dale at Rotary Works. They're nice absolutely machines. banging machines. I got a couple of them. I used a three point five mil stroke version because that is my stroke of choice. Uh, the grip itself is a grip that I bought off Dale actually. So that could be the one that you think is an ambition battery grip, but it's got no logos on it at all. Um, which I really like, but I've recently been sent a couple of Inklaw batteries uh, which have got these magnetic power connectors on them, which is which are which are actually Ooh. quite handy. Um, and they sent them over to me to review them, so I've, I'm going to use them for a, about another month and then give you my thoughts on them. Uh, my initial thoughts are they're much heavier than the the other grips that I've got, and they I think they've got less ampage because I think the the battery grips. Like the, what might be these ambition battery grips, I think they seem to have a bit more oomph than the Inclaw ones. But, um, you know, the Inclaw ones are okay if you want a, you know, like a, a weightier grip. So I'll, um, I'll re you know, I'll review both of them, uh, you know, in, in the in the coming months. 
but I've I've been doing a lot of reviews lately, and I've got some other stuff that I've got to get on with for a bit first. So I'm, and so I knew this gap would come up where I would you know use these grips, but I'll give you a. Maybe at some point, me and Chris will do a rig rundown and we'll run you through our daily driver stuff and our preferred setups. Maybe we'll do a couple of rig rundowns. Maybe I'll go down to Chris's and interview him about yeah. his rig and then he can come up to mine and interview me about my rig and we'll do something which I've shamelessly stole from Premier Guitar. Any of the guitar players out there will know that where I got the term rig rundown from. I'm not going to pretend it was my idea because it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so uh, next comment. Belinda Tattoos7038 says, I'm really impressed with the Butterlock stencil glue. I'm not sure about the term stencil glue, but well, I'll, I'll let that one go. Uh, brought some a few months back and definitely don't have to use as much. Also, the best scent from them, in my opinion, is tropical air. I prefer the term fluid. Stencil solution. Stencil solution. But stencil glue will work as well. I guess it does glue things, you know. Oh, it's transfer fluid, really. Um so I picked some up at Cheshire. Uh, I was talking to them about, you know, stopping using um, some of the other stencil products that I've used and trying a few others based on what I'd experienced with the barber paper and realising that you can get darker stencils with different stencil fluids. So I'm currently looking for, not uh, looking at gel based stencil fluids because I've always used fluid based stencil stuff. Um, yeah. The more kind of shampoo-y kind of consistency but i'm finding that the, the kind of more modern stencil fluids uh, are more like gel like hair gel kind of consistency uh, and butterlux is one of the ones that i've been trying i'm not sure what smell we've got i've no idea my sense of smell is not great anyway so i, I probably couldn't tell citrus, you i think yeah. i think we might have picked up a citrus one um and i've, I've know, used it a couple of times and do you know what i think it's really good i think it's absolutely great you're absolutely right it's uh, do you know what i really like about it is the pump dispenser i think it's a really good idea yeah the pump dispenser really good, was good. really easy to use do you know you since know? uh you put me onto the older and since we had the problem with like fucking the the spirit paper like, I found that depending on the type of stencil that I'm doing, the Electrum that I normally use isn't as, 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 doesn't work the same. And I was sent that Cheyenne stencil fluid, and that is proper liquidy, like super liquidy. But if you use that with the Thermatech stuff that's behind me, um, with the Oza, yeah. fucking stencils you get off that are fucking crisp. No bleeding out. So I think, like, depending on, like, the, the the type of stencil paper you're using, the type of stencil that you're making as well, yeah. like you got you. I think these days now you're gonna have to like fucking um, diversify your stencil applicator applicator. Yeah, I think we're probably at a point depending on the kind of stencil that you want to make. Will depending on the kind of fluids. You know, I'm kind of at the point where I think I'm probably going to end up with about three on my shelf that I'll use for different applications to be honest with you because um, I really like the original Electrum, the green gel stuff um, because that, I like the white one right? Um, I, I like the white one as well but the, the green one is super strong so if you really need something to hold uh, and it's not too detailed of a stencil I love that fluid um, but then when I want something that maybe won't blur uh, as much because if you're working on little digital details and stuff like that, it can be a little that can be a little bit problematic. Then I've I've been trialing a couple of others, and I think we're probably at a point now with the kind of things that we need to do for the different jobs that we're doing. We probably need different fluids for different jobs, and possibly different papers for different jobs. You know, I've been looking at using, having done the review, I've been looking at you know doing 
different stencils on different papers, you know, and rather than having just one, because I've used Spirit for years and never really looks around, and then I looked around and thought, actually, every one of the papers that I tested, and there, are, I'm sure there are more, um, is actually really good. And talking of stencil papers, while I think about it, uh, by the time this video is out, a clear-cut stencil review will have come out, and I've got five packs of that stuff to give away, and I've got some... Yeah, I've done an unboxing and, you know, showed you how to print onto it, explained what it does. Uh, I've got some thoughts on it. Watch the video and um, there'll be a competition up on the channel. And don't forget, we won't contact you if you win. You contact us. That's how it works. Them's the rules. Uh, so this is the penultimate uh, of the comments. I think we're going to be over time by the time we get to the end of this, so we'll skip this week's uh, com conversation, And but I will do the little conspiracy thing at the end, so don't forget, keep your tinfoil out. So this uh, this comment is from the Oza video that Paul just put up, which I've watched it. It's a fucking good video. It's a really in-depth video if you want to know about stencils. Uh, but it says, love how honest and unbiased you are, mate. Do you know what? One of my fears of that video when I made it was I didn't think it was... Um, I, it is honest, of course, but I didn't think it was unbiased because I still use and love my PJ8. Uh, the, in case you're wondering why I haven't reviewed it, I'm still talking to Brother about some, uh, some possible software changes that we can make to it because I still love my PJ uh, and I'm still happily using mine. So I felt like... Um, you know, when I watched it back, I was like, do you, do you just not want to say that the O's is really good? And uh, which, you know, which I, I don't, obviously it didn't come across like that. So I'm really pleased that I seem unbiased. But I've, I felt like when I was doing it, it was almost like I was begrudgingly going, it's all right then, all right, it's okay. But it's not like that, you know, it is a good device. It, it's hard though, because like when you're reviewing products, right? And if you want to like use the Muzo Toku one for an example, like you, you sometimes you get products that are just, well made they then they just do the job and it's just like what what can you say it's like it fucking works and you know it's it is really well designed for for tattooists isn't it it's designed for that job yeah you know and i, 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 I it was it was a very easy video to do because as you've seen yourself because you're using one now as well that they like they're, they're just not hard to set up. And I know that there's so many tattooists out there that have really struggled with the PJs and have nearly had nervous breakdowns trying to get them working that I think this... It, I, my gut feeling is that this product is going to take off. If you already own a Brother printer, um, definitely stay tuned because uh, there's stuff that I'm talking to the, them about oh. might be backwards but compatible. What I was going to well. say is... Brother need to fucking keep a keep an eye on things because I, I seen a post the other day where Oza have put up how many people have downloaded their app so far. And I think it's so far, 17,000 people have downloaded their printing app, which means 17,000 people have bought their printer, which means Brother have lost 17,000 fucking sales because they cannot keep up with the tattoo industry. Or they cannot cater for the tattoo industry. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one of the it's I guess it's one of the problems of making a you know because in reality the brother printer is made for a different industry and tattooing gets it 
sec, like sort of. Uh, How much are the brother printers? Like four hundred quid. Yeah, I think about three, three fifty to four fifty, something like that. You know, so I mean, you can't argue with the price. You can't argue with the ease of setup. I think if you're twenty or you know, or you know, early thirties, I think you'll, um, I think you'll really. Um, you'll really find this to be a modern device. It's just, it kind of is what it is. There's not much you can say other than it's great. And, you know, I mean, you know, brother have had eight years to sort their, sort their out, put their house yeah, in order. If, if I was fucking, if I, if I was like one of the CEOs in brother and I was like, okay, so they've so that we've lost 17,000 sales. Looking at the number, how much money they've lost in sales. That's fucking insane. Yeah, it's a lot of dough. And finally, Tony Bine. Tony Bean. Bine. 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Bine. Paul and Chris, the name butcherers back again. Uh right, so uh, I wanted to answer this because I wanted to answer it for all of you. Because th th this question's come up a couple of times on the channel, right? So Tony says, the biggest problem I have with these type of printers, and we're still talking about the OZA, and all, you know, things like the Brother and all that, is size when printing from an iPad. If there is a specific size, for example, if text is being prepared and there's only a finite space to fit it in, if that makes sense. Right, so Tony, and everybody else who's struggling with this, right, what you've got to do, I'm going to presume you've got your iPad, you've got Procreate. That's pretty much what everybody's using these days, Right. What you do is you set your uh, canvas every time you make a new tattoo design, regardless of how big that tattoo is going to be, set the canvas to A4, right? Draw your design onto an A4 canvas, right? And then when you go to any of these apps, you know that, say you, you, know, you print that out from your iPad to your laser jet to get the size, or you run it through the Brother or the OZA, because the OZA does the same thing. You can, you can run it out onto fax paper so you're not wasting stencil paper, and you get the right size. You know that if you set that to 100%, that your image will print exactly A4, right? So then you know that if you've printed it out on A4, and it's the text. Maybe you've got just a little bit of text in the middle of the screen, and that needs to be a bit smaller. You can either scale it down by 10% on the app itself, or you can just scale it down in Procreate a little bit by I, right? And then and then print that out, right? You need to establish yeah, sense. an A4 workflow. The, the reason for this is that stencil paper is A4, right? Uh, if you're in America, that's eight and a half by 11 inches, I think. We, we call it A4, right, because we use a different uh, paper sizing system than you guys, I think. Um, and so if you work to an A4 workflow, what you'll get, is you, you'll have that, and then you can do increments of A4. So what I do, so I'm doing a back piece, right, and I go, I've got my A4 design, and I hold up the sheets of stencil paper to the guy's back and I go, right, you are the size four times A4. I know that all I've got to do is scale that thing up by 400% and it'll go onto four sheets of paper. So it just needs to be four times bigger. So what you can do, because the way the, the A4 system works is two A4s make an A3, two A3s make an A2. So you know the, yeah. the, the so an A4 an A4 is two ten by two ninety seven A3 is four uh, is four twenty by two ninety seven so A2 is five ninety eight by uh, four twenty right and it just goes up like that so it it all scales up really easily 
adopt A4 workflow. If you want me to make a video about how that works with the OZA and stuff like that, let me know and I'll show you how to scale things up and down using your iPad because it's, it, it, honestly, it's really, really straightforward, mate. You know what I mean? You probably, to be fair, you're probably overthinking I think, it. I don't know. I think you should make that video anyway. I think it'll just be a good video right, to I'll make. make that just one. I'll make that one for the channel. As soon as do I've got it. a minute, I'll, I'll working with working with massive and tiny stencils on an iPad and printing it to your thermal printer. I'll make that my next thing I've got to do. That was a big set of comments. 11 comments, that was. Whee! That was, there was, some, there was some good comments here as well. There was some good comments, you know. So thanks very much to everybody that commented. And um, if you got a question, uh, if we can answer it via text, we will just comment back uh, on the channel. Uh, and the channel is just me and Chris commenting. <laughs> it's not, we haven't got a team. Like, you're looking at the fucking team right now. It's just us. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is the team. And Jay, who edits the videos. All that's left for me to say is uh, thank you very much for joining us on a Sunday morning. We appreciate every one of you out there. Thank you so much. Uh, we will continue doing it for as long as you continue watching. This has been That Tattoo Show. I've been Paul. And I've been Chris. Tell the lawyer, tell the judge, tell the priest. Mm.